0: I'm Caroline. I'm Jason. Welcome to one more episode. In this episode, we talk about some of the things we're watching again, and we're diving deeper into Under the Banner of Heaven and the Shining Girls. Hello. Hello.
1: Welcome to the podcast, one more episode.
0: Welcome to one more episode.
1: Here we are for episode
0: 22. Oh, we've been at this 22 times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 22 22. <laughs> we are now on Instagram. Just for those of you out there that um, may not have found us yet. We're on Instagram. Look for like one more episode. And our podcast is also on Spotify, which I'm sure if you're listening, you have found us already. So this week was another, I felt like intense viewing week for the two series that we're watching.
0: Yeah. Well, are we including the three? Are we doing flight attendant too?
1: I am not caught up on the flight attendant. Oh,
0: okay. So we'll leave that one out.
1: For sure. Okay. Sorry. I need, to, <laughs> yes, I need to get caught up on that one. Um, We're watching Shining Girls and Under the Banner of Heaven, and so we'll be talking about that in a little bit. I did want to tell you that I started watching The Staircase. You had texted me about this one.
0: Yeah. Is it any good?
1: Well, this is on HBO Max, and I really started watching it because it has one of our faves, Tony Collette. Right. And... I have already seen the Staircase documentary on Netflix.
0: Have you seen I that there one? was a documentary. No, but it's a true story, right?
1: Right. Um, so you should definitely watch the one on Netflix. Um, it's about a man named Michael Peterson and his wife Kathleen dies by falling down the stairs is his story. And it's found near the bottom of the staircase. And he is later on accused of murder and so i won't give too much away about the documentary and what happens and so i started watching this on hbo max and i actually stopped watching during the first episode because i was like why am i watching this when i've already seen the documentary (laughs) (laughs) so i wanted to ask our listeners did anyone else do this did you start watching this on hbo max And if you did, are you still watching or did you also stop watching?
0: Mm -hmm. What I
1: will say is the family, there's just a really weird feeling watching this family. And I'm talking about, I mean, in both of these shows, Um, I don't really know what it is, uh, but, you know, maybe I'll start watching it again on HBO Max since I love Tony Collette, Colin Firth is also in the HBO Max series. He plays Michael Peterson. He plays the husband, yeah. Yeah, I like him a lot too. And Sophie Turner is in this as one of the daughters, which at first I didn't even recognize her. And then it took me a minute to realize, oh, that's Sophie Turner. So um, I don't know, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I won't. I'm kind of leaning more towards negativo but but we'll see
0: yeah well we finished um I don't know if you you watch it um we finished Ozark the final um seven episodes and um Cameron was really really distraught over the ending um so he's he's very upset and uh we might have to consult therapy over over the show (laughs) ending the way it did because he's he's really upset um but that was a good series um had a good run and uh cameron is blaming um jason bateman um for the ending
1: so i love love jason bateman me too i actually started watching ozark when it first came out and i Mm -hmm. made it through the first season And I thought it started off like really intensely and, you know, I started watching, but I think I've mentioned this before when a show, when the theme is about drugs and like that sort of like the main theme and about, you know, I know their family and like getting into the drug trade or drug selling or whatever it is. um, I kind of tune out after that. So I didn't finish the series
0: Yeah, Laura Linney's character actually reminds me of me because she just is over the top. You know what I mean? Like,
1: (laughs) I think if I was
0: in those situations, I would probably be her. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, and I've seen it off and on because Paul watches Ozark. And so, I mean, you know, I've caught glimpses of it over the years and I've seen Laura Linney's character. Um, So yeah, Yeah. I've kind of come into it like, what is going on (laughs) what is happening in this series um and so yeah it was just you know maybe i'll go back and watch that one uh now that it's over and just kind of you know get caught up but yeah i've heard i know many people that like this one too
0: Mm -hmm. we're also almost caught up on um outlander there's one more episode season finale so yeah, I mean, I think you sh- you'll you'll like the season much better. I think than the other seasons, it it has um kind of a twist to it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Yes, I need to get back into Outlander as well. There are just so many series to watch right now right. and to continue watching. So, are you ready to get into Shining Girl? Yes. There was a new episode this week. It was a really good episode, I thought. Really tense and action-packed. It was one of those where I was like, oh, it's already over?
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, and then they tease you because they have the next episode up, but it says it airs on such and such date. So I always think it's there, and then I click next, and I'm like, damn it. So <laughs> yeah, Yeah, disappointment. I know
1: it looks like it drops every Friday.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So at the very beginning of this episode um, you had, well, in our last podcast, you had mentioned that you thought there was some type of time travel element to the series. And at the very beginning of this episode, we see our serial killer, what looks like going back in time and figuring out who the one that got away was and Mm -hmm. we see him in the hospital and he finds out that it is the main character, Kirby, whose name used to be Sharon in the hospital bed and that she has survived. So it does look like time travel of some sort is happening in this show.
0: Well, and things are like overlapping, maybe because she's a survivor, or he's going back in time because, like you said, you noticed her hair was longer. Um, the apartments have changed. Um, which she that happened to her, in the beginning episode, right, or was it the second episode? Maybe I it was the it, third.
1: Yeah, I, it was. I think it was maybe the second episode. Yeah, where she gets so confused she, about right apartment she's going to right yeah right right so so we in he comes out of that scene and so now he's trying to figure out um where she lives right he thinks that she lives in that same apartment and Mm -hmm. then realizes there's a man living there now and is like well, where's Sharon? What's happened to her? He doesn't even know what her what she goes by now.
0: Right. Um, right.
1: Yeah. So, moving through the episode, just uh, something else that I noticed in this episode that kind of caught me. Um, so we see Kirby Elizabeth Moss's character with her husband, um, and they are going off together to. Um, Like do some research, I guess, and kind of discover for themselves anything they can. And in this episode, this is the first time that she actually acts like she likes her husband, and they're like married. Right?
0: She's posing for him. Uh, You know, he's taking pictures. Like, yeah,
1: they're like laughing together. It's like (laughs) I was a little confused by this. That this whole relationship has been really confusing to me right it doesn't seem like they're married most of the time and then now they kind of seem like they like each other it's just kind of weird I'm like is there something going on there or is it just like her her issue with like what is reality or time or something that's going on like I'm not really sure
0: Well, yeah, I've I've been kind of wondering, like, is there something with his character? Like, we don't know is. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So they head out and they go back to um, where her mom used to perform in the band and where she spent a lot of time before she was attacked. So they're going back a few years They discover something that again, kind of lends itself to the time travel element where they, they listen to recordings um, of the answering machine, the message that he left and, or that they have that recording. And they, it sounds like he is playing, like he's already talked to the person before and he has a recording of it and he's playing the recording as he's talking to someone in real time. If that makes any right. sense, right? And so they discover, like, she's discovering, you know, like, like how, like basically they're like, how is this happening? Like, how is he playing a recording of what happened before it actually happens? And so mm-hmm. you see the, the wheels are turning for her and they're trying to figure out what's going on. The other thing we learn in this episode is that. He is placing an item from one victim into the next victim. And so we start to see how all the women are connected with these objects.
0: And and we're starting to learn, I think, that these are future items. Everything is from the future that he is placing in these folks. And they all belong to another gal just like you said so um just like the matches that were found in kirby the bar doesn't exist yet
1: oh see did i totally miss this because i thought the bar was from back in time because the cars on the street looked like they were from like the 70s
0: well, remember, she said um, she checked records where the laundry mat was, and that bar was never, it never existed there.
1: Right. But I just, I was a little confused. And then the because- keys
0: are from the future, too the keys that were found from the museum.
1: Right. And that was, the- in right. That was the question. That was my question for you because um, my question was did he place the key from? the future in the woman from in 1972 is right. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I just, it was a, a little bit of a weird ending then to me, because I guess whenever they showed them going like into the mirror and into this bar now, like the, you know, they kind of like crossed over into time. Mm-hmm. I guess I thought it was more in the past and not in the future because of the cars on the
0: street. No, because when she goes into the laundry mat she's noticing that they're getting ready to re like it's it's no longer a laundry mat all the plastics down or whatever then Mm -hmm. she gets to the box with the matches so it looks like a bar is going in and it Mm -hmm. is the b place but Mm -hmm. i think when he pushed her against the wall it it bounced her into the future quite a bit and it has become the bar that's what i thought
1: okay so We might disagree a little bit on the time frame. (laughs) (laughs) But there is definitely something with a time element, right? That's happening. And so, in this episode, just to move back a little bit, she does visit the woman from the museum to to tell her about the women that have been attacked and like the key. And, you know, I was attacked so basically be on guard because you may be in danger right and he was watching me for a while and i had no idea that you know mm-hmm. he he was watching me and i was attacked so we see that right before we see her go into what is the laundry mat and then discover the boxes of matches and he actually confronts her in the laundry mat this was a really intense scene with him Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really good scene at the end of the episode and then we're kind of left with this cliffhanger of okay what is happening right what is going on um so yeah what so what do you think at this point is happening
0: well I think I'll go back to my original theory that Um, There's an element to time travel or someone is mentally ill, (laughs) whether it's him or her, or it could be a combination of both.
1: Okay. Yeah, I definitely think there's something with time travel, given that he hasn't aged. Right. um, And she makes that comment to him when she sees him. And she says oh you were the one that gave me the horse right so it looks like from what i recall that she was the little the little girl playing on the step correct yeah yeah and has been like watching her for years
0: and he makes the comment when he gives her the horse he goes you'll take it you always do Mm -hmm. like so is he giving it to her over and over again like it's bizarre
1: yeah is he just Going through time over and over again, like reliving these moments. Yeah. And then choosing to attack these women because does it help him time travel? I don't know. It Maybe. I mean, that's kind of out there. Kate had
0: that theory. She said maybe that's what makes him young is killing the girls and that energy Mm. makes him young. I don't know. Right. And maybe
1: there's something, you know, he definitely seemed like finding out there was a survivor, you know, was like, is going to mess something up for him. Right. Right. And so there, there's, it seems like there is something to that, that is like you said, whether it, it allows him to stay young and time travel or, you know, whatever it is that just knowing that she you know was around he was determined to find her um and so yeah there there is a big question mark still about what is going on and we just finished mm-hmm. episode 4 so we have four more to go i think right yeah right yeah so looking forward to this next episode um i did read the caption of it <laughs> I think it says something about questioning her reality in this next Mm -hmm. one coming up. So I think it should also be a good one.
0: Yeah. Maybe we'll get more answers.
1: I hope so. So let's talk some about this next episode of Under the Banner of Heaven. This was a really intense episode too. Right. In this episode, as I'll talk about in this episode, I did look up some things. um, I find this series is like, I'm looking up some things about traditions. It's like,
0: the more you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I want to know more. And I'm intrigued and also disturbed (laughs) by, by what I'm seeing on screen. Um. So, this episode begins with what kind of reminded me of a Waco type standoff with one of the brothers Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: his wife. And they go to where they are in the woods in a cabin, essentially. And he discovers his partner, um, the detective, is hurt. And so they approach him and then he calls for backup. And, you know, we discover that the brother and his wife have essentially gone off the rails. They're very anti-government. It looks like they're preparing for a standoff against the government and like creating their own forts, quote unquote, to have their own army, right, that will... You know, mm-hmm. fight this takeover, um, and so I mean, were they a like, part of January six,
0: or <laughs> I mean, I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, interesting. Um, I did real like I I don't know if I was like sure of what the time period was in this series, and so in like my research of like finding a few articles about it, it is set in the mid eighties. I was a little unsure about it um but this murder happened in the mid-80s so what ultimately happens in this scene is he ends up taking the brother and his wife in um and so there isn't luckily a real you know standoff with bloodshed um with his brother but yeah a lot of like you know anti-government sentiments about like you know, the government's trying to take you over and they're not the real like rulers of law, essentially, you know, all kinds of stuff that they're saying. Um, And it's also the first time that we hear from his wife who makes the comment about some sins can only be atoned through blood. Blood. Yeah. And so that's kind of the first time that we hear that, you know, maybe they did have something to do with brenda's murder and her infant's
0: right. murder mm-hmm.
1: so but they're probably
0: pro-life right
1: <laughs> of
0: course <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course so yeah we we moved through this episode there are a lot of flashbacks um in the episode to kind of fill us in on what's going on and. What we see that I was really intrigued by was this wedding secret, like pre ceremony that Brenda is participating in, as well as Alan, her soon to be husband, and then the wives and the brothers and the dads oh, the there, <laughs> the outfits. Yeah, and so this really kind of set me into motion to do some research. So I just wanted to tell you a little bit about the ceremony. It's called a temple endowment ceremony. It's a most sacred and guarded ceremony where a woman, I don't know if you noticed, but like in the scene, the woman that was taking her aside and like, it was hard to tell what she was doing, but it looks like she was putting oils close to her female private parts
0: right yeah
1: right yeah. and so it was like while you were watching this it's like what is what is happening here
0: right um is someone getting violated like yeah that's what <laughs> right. <I>
1: was <laughs> it was yeah and so they have on these white gowns and underneath there are green aprons underneath and so for the series um this was an LA Times article I found by Meredith Blake, and so she interviewed the showrunner and creator Dustin Black, who was a former member of the church and spent years doing research on the ceremony. Um, and so they did track down some, um, like some of these garments to remake them, and so they made them all for, like it looks like there are I think they said eighty probably the cast and the extras in the scene. And then they also made undergarments that they wore back in the eighties under these white, you know, gowns and, and things. Um, and so they really looked for, I mean, they, they had some like original garments that people had saved. And so they basically replicated them. Um, And so, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. And this happens in what they call the world room in the Salt Lake Temple. Um, And if you notice, there were like some hand signals that they used. Oh, yeah. During the ceremony. Yeah. And it was basically, you know, said something along the lines of. Like, this is a guarded secret ceremony and like basically you take this to the grave, like you don't tell anyone or, and they made that motion, like slit your Mm. throat, like this blood atonement. Right. Um, yeah. So (laughs) it it was like, really, that was the first time I'd heard about this. I've seen anything like this before. Um, another kind of interesting thing about it in this article, they said that Back in the day, they only had magazines and like the Sears catalog to look at to see what fashion was like. And so they were always about five years behind in fashion. And to me, that kind of explains some of the fashion in the show. It looks really 70s to me. And it's like, yeah, you don't see the
0: neon that happened in the 80s, like in the flashy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. It's Definitely. kind of like got a 70s vibe like some of the clothing. Right. And I think and then I was like 70s I was like some of the things they wear seems very like early like 1900s, doesn't it? Like like some yeah, of the dresses I mean, and things. I mean pioneer you
0: know, day. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So um yeah, a really interesting scene to watch um and definitely had me like go back and look up some information about it
0: well you know they still wear the special underwear like the men and the women
1: yes and that's something this article talked about that they have improved over the years from like these original garments undergarments they called them um and so it sounds like in like in the seventies and in the eighties, there was like a re i want to say a redo. And so they were Happy like, a, yeah, like they're, they're, they were much more difficult to like get into and like use the bathroom in essentially. And then now, and I don't know what they're like now, but
0: um, I think they have a flap on them. I mean, okay. I think someone told me that. Yeah.
1: Okay. So yeah, I think, I think they're more, um, they're easier to move around in now and not i mean i just
0: pull the suckers down you know what i mean like
1: (laughs) yeah i'm not even really sure what to think these look like you know because we we didn't see we didn't see them in the scene because they're under these like gowns and you know so i'm not really sure We move forward from that scene. And one of the things that happens in this episode that you mentioned that is, I would say the underlying theme of the series as well is Jeb, the lead detective in this department. He starts to question his faith more in this episode. And he goes to the bishop and he's asking him questions about the origins of the religion and what happened, and essentially the bishop tells him to keep the past in the past
0: and just to
1: focus keep, on
0: right. Don't put your nose in in business you shouldn't or something like that, right?
1: Right, like just focus on the present and and don't yeah. go looking for things. And he only focuses on what the current prophets are saying, essentially. And you can tell that Jeb is really starting to question those things and he's thinking about it. And you know what it reminded me of, you know what I thought of whenever I was watching this scene is the whole like sex education talk that when parents won't talk about it with their kids, because they think if they talk about it and give them all the information, then they're going to do it versus... Right. Giving them all the information means they can make an informed decision about it. Exactly. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> That's exactly what this reminded me of. Um, and also is a huge red flag, I think, that if someone won't give you the information or share the information with you, you know, mm-hmm. about the history of something so that you can decide for yourself, that's a huge red flag. Exactly. Yeah. Um, something else that happens in this episode that also struck me. I wanted to see what you thought about it. So there is quite a bit so far in the series about men being the head of households or like the spirit even the spiritual leader of the household. And so right, what
0: they call it the preacherhood or the the, priest the holder. Something. The priest holder is it
1: the priest holder? I think.
0: Yes. After that episode, I looked at Cameron and I said, "Well, I'm the priest holder of this house, <laughs> so you will listen to me."
1: <laughs> yeah, the priest holder. Yeah, they they've that's that's come up quite a few times in this series, and came up in this episode between Jeb and his wife. And I, I will say, you know, up until this point, and and I still think this, Jeb and his wife seem like a very, like, sweet couple who really care about each other.
0: Um, right, and more laid back in a sense, yeah. Right. Than this other family.
1: Oh, it, yes. The um,
0: Langmores, right? Is that Lafferty's.
1: Name?
0: Lafferty's. Langmores is from, from Ozark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're stuck on Ozark. Um. Yeah, the Lafferty's. Um, and so he's going through this case and their daughters are going to be baptized soon. And then he says to her, you know, like I've got all this going on. I think we're going to have to postpone the baptism. And she is like, no, you've got to be kidding me. Like this is scheduled. I have people coming in for the baptism. This is a huge deal. I've waited all my life
0: for this basically. Right. She's like, priest hold her my ass.
1: Right. And he, (laughs) he is like, I have to remind you, like, I am the priest holder of this house. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of like the first time we've seen Jeb get, you know, kind of use that, play that card, right? Like, I'm, uh-huh. the, I'm the head of this household. Uh-huh. And I thought it was really interesting because she was kind of like, yeah, whatever, sure, you know. And then within like a couple seconds, they like have sex with each other. And I thought, right. wait a second, you're not going to cause more of a stink than that. Like this guy basically told you like, Hey, I'm going to put you in your place. I'm the head of this house. And, and then you're like, and she was the one that initiated it. Right. I was real confused after that scene. I was like, huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey,
1: (laughs) yeah. I mean, I don't know that just, you know, there are certain things that just kind of strike me sometimes. And I was like, okay. Okay. Um, there's, I also wanted to talk with you about another disturbing scene. We see the family dynamics of the Lafferty's and there's a part where they're outside. And I think this is the wedding day of Brenda and Alan. And the dad pulls out a whip and starts hitting the hands of one of the sons isn't it is it a belt
0: yeah he took his belt off
1: okay I get yeah okay cool <laughs> like he got out a whip like <laughs> where do you get cat it? of nine tails <laughs> <Right. laughs> so so yes and like you know kids are watching other family members and he makes him put his hands out and he starts hitting his hands it's like so disturbing to me and then See one of the brothers, who appears to be the black sheep of the family. I think his name is mm. Ronnie. He's he is the elder. older
0: thought, he, right
1: Yeah, and he just kind of like he kind of comes in and out and he confronts the dad essentially, and like takes the belt away, and you think they might get in a fight, and then he he walks away. He, he never says anything. He just has yeah. a presence, and you can tell that he's, he is kind of like the black sheep to me in the family and he's not following all of the crazy and right. what the dad is saying so we think so i'm like you know does ronnie play a part in this um right now he appears to not really be engaged with his family with right. their ideas and thoughts
0: i mean that can change in a heartbeat right i guess
1: yeah <laughs> It could. So the episode ends, and I think we gain more of an understanding of the rift that has been forming with Brenda and the rest of the brothers of their plans to, you know, they're becoming anti-government, anti-paying taxes. So she confronts them essentially on behalf of her husband who got in trouble for an unpaid parking ticket i think and Ray, right like was taken in well or he something. got pulled
0: over and they took the truck away they impounded it and he was in jail yeah
1: right and couldn't make it to her graduation which was i think a big the day deal after, it was before the yeah, wedding yeah before or after the wedding right like the same weekend yeah. or something and so she was she basically confronted them and said hey like you don't think we should pay taxes and so you can see the the one brother is you know he's got plans like he's unraveling and he's gonna run for sheriff right and they're gonna his plan is to kind of take over and no one needs to pay taxes and yeah so you start to see where that rift you know, what was happening in that family with her and it's becoming more intense.
0: Yeah. And then Macaulay Culkin's little brother goes off too, at that moment. Um, <laughs> Cause he was like, he didn't ask you and he never will or something like that. So yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, I'm actually kind of surprised they even let her speak given the way this family has acted and what they think about a woman's place in the family right yeah i mean i'm surprised they even let her like voice her concerns um on behalf of her husband mm. so yes we're we're left with that and then the episode ends with us finding out that brenda is pregnant
0: and then that the- that she's been spoken to and she wants to keep the family together. So she's um, starting to side with them, it seems. Right, or, or
1: maybe is going to try to repair the relationship yeah. because family is needed now is the that they're, yeah. right, they're gonna, she's gonna have a baby. Um, so that's what we're left with at the end of this episode. So, what did you think of it overall?
0: Um, that was probably more the of the intense episodes I think so far. Just with the whole like shakedown and the the woods, and um, we're actually finding out who was and wasn't involved. Um, for sure, Macaulay Culkin, Culkin's little brother. Um, is one of the (laughs) brothers that participated. Um, But we don't know the other. And it it appears that um, Robin was not involved um, because he is very upset that something happened um, to Brenda and the baby.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, still wondering if the oldest brother, the black sheep, if, if he's involved... If Alan's involved, the husband, not sure about that one. And I think the other part of the series as well is what, how is Jeb going to be at the conclusion of this case? You know, is he, I mean, we know that he's questioning his faith and Is that going to push him away from the faith or, you know, or not? And so I'm really curious to see what happens with Jeb and his family as well. Maybe even more than the actual murder (laughs) case in this series. I'm really more invested, I think, in Jeb's um, life and like what's going on with him
0: right yeah i mean he's got a lot going on he's got his mom too that has um some sort of dementia so yeah.
1: right um and i felt like in the series you know i wasn't sure like we talked about in the last podcast i'm not i don't really know that much about the church of latter-day saints and how they view specific things we did see in the series where the bishop talked about um, people in the church being on medication for right. mental health reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was a little surprised by that because I wasn't sure how they felt about it.
0: Right. I mean, if they're going back to pioneer days, they'd put somebody in asylum, Right. <laughs> If you're pregnant and acting out or if you're just acting out in general as a woman,
1: if you have hysteria back in the day, right. right. right, You, yeah, we're, we're put away. Um, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was kind of surprised. I guess I just really didn't know what to think of, um, like what they thought about that and mental health and stuff. So, um, but yeah, they, they did talk about that, that it's okay to be medicated. Um, you know, if you have issues that you have to deal with, but yes, he is dealing with that with his parents, um, and what's going on with her and yeah, definitely has some things going on in his life too, that are yeah hard. Well, for those of you that are watching, what did you all think of either of these series and the latest episodes?
0: And this is a really good time to send us some questions because these are some <laughs> deep, deep shows. Okay. So yeah.
1: Yeah. We love the questions. Email us at like one more episode at gmail.com. Or you can DM us. We're now on Instagram. So send us a message. So last week you mentioned the series Candy. I see that Candy has started. Oh, has it? Yes. And that
0: one's on what? Apple or Hulu?
1: I think Candy is on Hulu.
0: Okay. Yeah, I want to start that one.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to start that one too. Um, so, and I'm not sure if all the episodes are out or if that's going to be one that drops one by one, but um, we may be back to talk about that one as well. Yeah. All right. Well, Thanks for listening to this week's episode, and we'll be back next week to continue talking about Shining Girls and Under the Banner of Heaven.
0: See you next week.
1: See you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a Caroline Home production.